Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Those of you, by the way, watching us on YouTube or on the social media clips, it will be very clear that it is presented by DraftKings this week because Monday through Wednesday, I am out here in Phoenix, Arizona, on Radio Row at the Phoenix Convention Center, recording all of my shows and some interviews for later on in the year here from the unbelievable set that the folks at DraftKings have put together. This is incredible. Make sure you are checking out the social media clips. And honestly, I always tell you guys to subscribe to my YouTube anyway. Please, please, please go to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and just see how amazing this whole set looks right now. I feel like I'm like a star. This is incredible. Kudos to everybody helping me out here. Of course, my guy, Jeff from DraftKings, Dez, Ken, Jay, getting me all set up. Absolutely incredible. It's a new week, which means we will have new winners later on in the week. We'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media. Uh, what did I say we wanted to do this week? Oh, Spotify. Rate and review the show on Spotify, and you'll be the Spread the Word winner. Then we'll have the Sponsor Confirmation Email winner. And that's somebody that takes advantage of any of our sponsors. A lot of good ones this week. We've got Labatt Blue. Mmm, that sounds delicious. Peloton, West Shore Home, Rocket Money, Raycon, ExpressVPN. Make sure you get in on that. And then the YouTube shout-out. This is the week to do it because I really want you guys to check out and see what this set looks like, which is to say incredible. So go to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Hit the thumbs-up button and then reply with your comments on anything. Anything, or just say, Ross, I'm just here for the shout-out, and I'll be happy to have you for the shout-out. Speaking of shout-outs, two quick shout-outs. Number one, so excited to get Brett Coleman on the show. I love his video breakdowns on YouTube. Let's start this week right. We had Greg Cosell on Thursday. We had Brandon Thorne breaking down the O-line and D-line play on Friday. Let's go a little bit deeper with Brett Coleman momentarily. But before I do, I mentioned Labatt Blue. Football season's almost over. 
Did you load up your car this weekend like I did? I know you guys saw my social media. Got that 30-pack of Labatt Blue Light at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. There's no better way to go on a family ski trip than to watch the Super Bowl than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bork, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. I told you I was fired up for this one, and with good reason. Love talking with Brett Coleman. Check him out on social media at Brett, K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. He is the man of all hats on the film room on YouTube. Uh, he's basically a YouTube star. I mean, is that fair to say, Brett, that you're a YouTube star? You know, I I, I just like to think of myself as a dude who sits in a, a spare bedroom watching film and trying to make something that makes sense every single week, you know? Um, how did you get into it? I forget. Well, I actually worked uh, on the uh, the NFL media side of things. And, you know, these videos uh, originally were like proof of concepts for my producers over at NFL Network. And originally I wasn't supposed to be, you know, the the on-air talent or anything. It was like, oh, let's let's do this video about like how Ladanian reads inside zone or like, you know, uh, Bill Belichick's defense where Willie was the elephant and all the different, you know, stuff he'd have to do against certain front or certain personnel groupings and stuff like really nitty gritty detailed X's and O's stuff and it, it just never really materialized for TV because it didn't it didn't fit TV um, but all of the videos that I was just kind of doing as proof of concept like not necessarily like for me ended up taking off and it got to the point where my wife was like hey you're not even trying at this and it's growing what happens if you actually try and so my last day at NFL Network was uh, the day before the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl um, and that was like seven years ago now. And ironically, I am back to working with the NFL this season, doing uh, doing the content that I was basically originally pitching, but now for the NFL YouTube channel, uh, in addition to stuff for my own. So it all kind of came full circle in the end. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were back working for them. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we did a few projects together, uh, you know, kind of a, a J.J. Watt career retrospective, a Brock Purdy breakdown, like a couple games into his uh, into his career. And uh, I'm going down to Phoenix for uh, Super Bowl to uh, to record a uh, a film breakdown of some All 22 that's never really been seen publicly of uh, the Spags uh, when he was the Giants DC um, in 2007 when they beat the Patriots. Um, I got they gave me the All 22 for that game, and I'm going to Phoenix to record a film breakdown of exactly like how Spags constructed that game plan. Because, you know, it's Spax is back in the Super Bowl in that same stadium again. So, again, all kind of came full circle. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's going to be a cool project I'm working on for them. That is cool. So, I, I guess before I forget, um, 
give me something on those two projects you already did. So tell me, tell me, um, in your mind, what made J.J. Watt so good? I mean, you know, this is a former offensive lineman. The, the fact that there's really no good answer against him on uh, – we'll start with this, the, the run game on zone runs. Like, you can't really overplay him front side because he was quick enough to backdoor you, which is super rare. Um, and so if you kind of like go at him vertically to keep him from backdooring you, he's quick enough that he can still win front side and get TFLs that way. So, uh, you know, running zone away from him was virtually impossible. Oh, and by the way, he's 6'5", 300. So you can't run directly at him because he's going to stack and shed. And then he's going to get you into third and seven. And he can rush from a, a anywhere from a two eye all the way up to a nine. And he's better than everybody else there too. Like he was – he was literally the perfect defensive football player that you could line him up anywhere. He could do anything and, and very, very few offensive linemen. Like unless your name was Tyron Smith, you really just weren't athletic enough to keep up with him at any spot. Um, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, a long time before I think we see another five technique that, that looks like him. It's funny <clears throat> when you say perfect defensive player, could line up anywhere and do anything. The first thing came to my head was actually Micah Parsons, you know? Oh, yeah. A, a, a different player, but, like, you know, I think Micah could play some some safety. I, you know, I wouldn't put corner past him. You know, I've seen him actually play corner, like, in, in like, seven-on-sevens and, like, at camps. It's It's crazy. Like, he is – it's crazy how effortlessly he seemingly can play anywhere. There's two inside linebackers uh, in the entire league that I would, you know, two linebackers period in the entire league that I would trust to be like a Tampa two dropper against a wide receiver, you know, deep in the middle. One of them is Fred Warner and the other is Micah and he's a freaking edge. Like the fact that he can go from, you know, beating pretty much any tackle in the league other than lane, uh, you know, uh, in, in a pass rush rep and then the next play be that Tampa two dropper and have it seem so natural. He's, he's like the only guy that can do that. It's exceptionally rare. Um, it's a great point. Uh, what about Purdy? What, what did you notice? It's obviously going to be a big conversation this off season after the uh, surgery. It sounds like he'll have on his, on his forearm, you know, his elbow area, the UCL, what was your breakdown of Purdy? What did you think of him? Because obviously, there's still very mixed opinions on Purdy. You know, the, the big thing with him, and he's a fascinating story. Because so I'm out in Vegas for the Shrine Bowl right now. Um, you know, looking at a whole bunch of draft prospects. It's a great event out here in Vegas, and Purdy was in this game last year, and we're watching him in practice for the week, and he he really didn't look that good. And then I go to 49ers camp like eight months later. And he was, you know, fair to say in a lot of drills other than two-minute, he was the best Niners quarterback on the field in training camp. Um, and it was, it was wild to kind of see that, um, that, that growth in him over such a short period of time because it's not an easy offense to master. Like, I, I've, I've, been, I've looked through some old Kyle playbooks before from his Atlanta days, and, um, like, every single route has five different conversions that it could have, you know, based on, um, you know, different 
pre and post snap looks. Um, you know, there's a million different protections. The verbiage of the offense, like calling plays in the huddle, is not easy. You're spitting out like 30 words. It's a really tough offense for for a rookie to get thrown in there essentially, and all of a sudden be undefeated until the NFC Championship game. Um, in terms of skill set, on top of kind of mastering that offense pretty quickly, the thing that separated him to me from uh, Garoppolo, not necessarily from Lance. Lance is more physically talented, but you know the reason why they were better with him than Garoppolo was the fact that he's just so quick like that that one five five ten yard split really shows up in a messy pocket because he wasn't taking the same sacks that Jimmy was uh, you know the, the drive killing sacks like he was really good at avoiding those negative plays and if he could just get one guy to miss he was also really good at getting his eyes immediately back downfield and just finding anybody as an outlet and so their overall offensive efficiency skyrocketed because they never went backwards. Like very rarely did they go backwards. And so you combine that with his, you know, offensive mastery and the poise and the confidence and, and everything like that. And all of a sudden you get, you know, the guy who looked like the best rookie quarterback and you happen to get him with the last pick of the draft. It's it's a it's a really fun story and super rare and unique for it to happen. Let's dive into the Super Bowl now, Brett. Um, because love your breakdowns. <clears throat> Let's start when the Eagles have the ball. Is there something in particular that you'll be looking at there that you're really interested in? I'm very curious to see, um, you know, how the Chiefs uh, schematically play against them. Because if, if you look at kind of like all the different, um, you know, coverage statistics, the Chiefs pretty much never call cover three. They are 32 out of 32 in the league in terms of calling cover three. It's at like 16%. The average, if I recall correctly, was uh, the Ravens at like 33%. They're dead average in the league. There are some teams like any, any Gus Bradley defense is going to be at like 60%, right? Um, so the Chiefs pretty much never call it. Um, if they start getting run on and they want to drop an extra body down, they're playing man coverage. Like it's cover one all day. And I don't know if they really want to do that against the Eagles because AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are absolute superstars and they're playing almost an entirely rookie secondary out there that I don't necessarily think can hold up against those, those goal balls deep down the boundary because Hertz is statistically been the best thrower of go balls outside the numbers in the entire league this year. So you combine his accuracy downfield with AJ Brown being a monster with rookie corner. I think what the chiefs are going to do is lean into what they were already doing this year, which is a lot of cover two, a lot of cover two. Like they're one of the heaviest cover two defenses in the entire league. I think because of how young their secondary is. And that presents an entirely different problem because if you're in 11 personnel, which the Eagles are in a lot, and you're running split zone against a cover two look and the safety's like you know, 12, 15 yards back, you don't have the bodies as a defense to stop that. Like you're you're basically just giving up five yards. And I know that, you know, okay, we're willing to give up five and five and five and five and five to prevent those go balls to AJ, but like the Eagles will take that. Like they will run 35 times on you if you let them. And so eventually the Chiefs are going to have to find the answer to stop all this inside zone that the that the Eagles major in. They run it more than basically everybody else, but they're going to have to do it without playing cover one. Like they're going to have to, to do the one coverage that they don't like doing, and that's cover three. And so I really – I'm fascinated to see if they make that adjustment because it's something they haven't done all year. 
you know, doesn't it seem on some level, Brett, like Hurts didn't really play that great against the Giants or the 49ers. <clears throat> I feel like if I'm going to pick a poison against the Eagles, I'm probably going to pick and hope that Hurts is off again and maybe take my chances with some of those go balls in man-to-man coverage. And and you might get burned, but it's almost like you're playing against a team and you got to hope that their outside shot is off that night mm-hmm. in basketball because they're so good down low. Yeah, it, it, I agree with that. I would at least try it early, right, just to see what they do. You know, <laughs> see if the Eagles can can execute. Because if they're beating you that way, then fine. It is, you know, fair play, tip your hat, have fun with your ring. But at least be aggressive early and force them to beat you with those shots just to test it and see if it works. Um, because if they're not hitting it, like you said, and then, you know, you got an extra body you know, down there to stop inside down, all of a sudden they don't really have anything else. Right? Their offense is pretty, I don't want to call it like simplistic, but they, they do what they do, you know, and they kind of out-talent everybody. But if you can kind of scheme your way into stopping that fastball, and I don't know if they really have a breaking ball. What about the other side um, with the Chiefs on offense? How do you see them attacking the Eagles? And what do you think the Eagles are going to do defensively to try to slow down Kelsey? This is, uh, this is another thing that fascinates me. And, you know, you're based in Philly, so maybe you know this. Um, did Vic already leave? Uh, or is he still, you know, working as a consultant for them and, and developing this game plan? Because he was a huge factor in game planning for for Gannon, right? And you could see Vic Fangio's defensive fingerprint all over this unit. Like they played more early down quarters than anybody else in the entire league, and that's a Fangio thing. And so, what I'm trying to figure out, and I, I've got a few feelers out there, is like with all this. Fangio defensive coordinator interviewing hiring all is he actually working on the Super Bowl because I think the game plan that I expect from Philly is going to be a lot different if he is compared to if he isn't Um, if they just kind of stick with what they were doing with Vic I would expect a lot of quarters and the Chiefs I, I think are a pretty dangerous team to run that against because again if all their receivers are healthy we don't know if they are um it pretty much all becomes man-to-man coverage down the field, right? And even though I love the Eagles secondary outside, like their corners, both of these safeties, I'm not necessarily sure they can run with MVS on that deep post that Pat can hit. I'm not necessarily sure that they can cover Travis Kelsey running a deep seven, which they're going to have to do. Like it's a pretty tough matchup inside more than outside. So uh, those are my two questions is how, how involved is Vic? Um, and if he's not involved, are they going to run the same stuff they were before? Well, I'd have to think they're going to run the same stuff. I can't imagine that they would change that. And I don't know the answer to that question. You know, I don't know how involved, you know, he's been really all year. And certainly, um, certainly now that he's got all these job offers, I know that in the preseason, he was there, you know, he was there all mm-hmm. the time and certainly was there in camp. And I think, you know, helped um, observe and, and have his input on what they were doing defensively for sure. Um, I don't know, you know, what his level of involvement's been all season 
and certainly in the playoffs and, and, and leading up to the Super Bowl, now that he's got all these other job offers. I, we know, uh, at least, uh, you know, based on some people that, that I've talked to that, and, you know, when I was consulting with them in terms of, like, looking at what they were doing, like, he, he, was, he was pretty heavily involved week to week during the year. Um, it was mostly remote. Uh, you see, he was in Philly, obviously, for camp and everything like that, you know, doing installs and stuff. But uh, during the year, from, from what I've heard, he was pretty heavily involved. Um, not that this wasn't Gannon's defense. Like, it's Gannon's defense, but in terms of, uh, you know, getting insight in terms of how to run certain things, like what are we putting on the sheet for that week? Like, Vic was, Vic was there helping out. And so uh, I think there will be a, a pretty massive difference if he's not for like the biggest game of the year, you know? Um, but if they do, if they do just kind of stick with what they were doing before, I would expect it to be a pretty quarters heavy defense and, and we'll see, you know, how the chiefs react to that, which is probably going to depend on how many receivers they have available. Last question, Brett, maybe it's an obvious one. Maybe not. You've watched a lot of Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> Is there something about him that people don't realize? Is there something about him that you see that that maybe others don't? He was really, uh, you know, over the last, not even just this year, but over the last two years, he's been very comfortable with, you know, just kind of taking what a defense gives him. It kind of feels like early in the career, um, you know, it, it took a while to get the Texas Tech out of him, you know in terms of like taking the shots, like feeling like he has to win on every single play to get a touchdown because like Texas tech didn't have a defense. And I feel like he grew up never having a defense and he always had to make the play and he would, he would do this hero ball stuff and get in trouble. But over the last two seasons, you know, with, with Tyreek and without, he's gotten really comfortable with just doing 11, 12 play drives, you know, being very efficient um, being very accurate, getting the ball out quick. His sack numbers are way down, despite the fact that his two tackles were two of the top four tackles in the entire league in, in terms of giving up pressures. His sack percentage was way down because of how efficient he is at just getting the ball out quick. Um, obviously, the mobility plays a factor too. We'll see what his ankle is, is like in the Super Bowl. If it's anything like what it was in the championship game, he's probably going to be fine. Um but it's just the the efficiency and the willingness to lean into the quick game that he didn't have before. It's honestly made him a better quarterback. And even without Tyreek Hill, this was the best version of the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense because of that willingness to just be efficient. Love it. Absolutely love it. Make sure you check this man out on social media like I do. Again, it's at Brett, B-R-E-T-T-K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. Check out his stuff on NFL Network that's coming up. And, of course, the Film Room on YouTube. Excellent stuff, Brett. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff from Brett Coleman. Love talking with him about the Super Bowl and getting ready for it. You know what else is awesome? West Shore Home. I am a huge fan. If you guys haven't at least gone to westshorehome.com slash Ross to see the before and after pictures of the two upstairs bathrooms that we did at my house in Pennsylvania, 
you're missing out. Several of you, by the way, have already gotten the free consultation, which is awesome. You'll also get 20% off a shower or bath remodeling project. So it's not too late to do this yet for Valentine's Day. It's never too late to make sure you're doing what you wanted to do in terms of a New Year's resolution. If nothing else, check out the before and after pictures. Check out the videos from my house. It's westshorehome.com slash Ross. I am a huge fan. In fact, I'm already talking with those guys about other projects because they do windows, they do entryways, and my wife and I are so happy with the shower and bathtub remodel that she's like, hey, if you can get them to continue advertising, I would love to do more with them. Those guys are awesome. If my wife, who, by the way, does not like people in our house, if she gives you the seal of approval, you're in. WestShoreHome.com slash Ross to check out the pictures and videos from my house and or get that free consultation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Ross, yesterday were the Pro Bowl games. What did you think of those? I did not really watch. Um, I think people that follow me on social media, Jack, know that I was skiing in the morning on Sunday. Then I raced back to Pennsylvania, packed up real quick for the Super Bowl, hopped on a plane, and got out here to Phoenix it looked like, Jack, was it just flag football? Did you watch it at all? I mean, it looked like, yeah. I mean, I saw like Juszczyk have an awesome catch. I saw Juszczyk, who, by the way, is a freak athlete for a fullback. I saw him do like the shot put thing. Uh, but that's basically all I noticed from it. Did I miss anything? Yeah, so they had a few sort of competitions. Like there was a best catch, which is basically, I think, like their kind of version of the NBA slam dunk contest. There was like a gauntlet sort of thing where you kind oh, of is that run. where is that where Amon Ross St. Brown did like the uh, the front flip and caught the ball? Yes, that is where that was. That and there was, was a sweet. few. Of them. Yeah, that was sweet. I saw that. And there was just a few other side competitions like that, and then they had the flag football game that was sort of the main event. And I like it. It's definitely a much better step in the right direction for the Pro Bowl as compared to previous years. Uh, so you liked it because you're kind of probably their target. What are you? Twenty two? Twenty one? Yeah, twenty two. So I yeah okay. I liked it. I. Did not, I did not watch any other years prior to this until, like, well, like early 2000s, but I was a fan of this year's. Because you're kind of on some level their, their target market. Yeah, like me and the younger, like probably like that 15 to 20 bracket, I think is where they're trying to hit. And you like the flag football part of it? I did like it. It seemed like they were trying a lot more in that compared to the actual game in previous years. Got it. Well, if you're sold, I'm sold. Love it. <laughs> Tuck Stakes. During those Pro Bowl games, the Browns defensive end Miles Garrett suffered a dislocated toe. Not good. That's not good. And it's so funny because I tweeted this yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL. And immediately, Jack, people are like, he'll be fine by the season, dude. He'll be fine. It's not that big a deal. Put yourself in Miles Garrett's shoes. The guy makes, what, $25 million a year? The absolute last thing 
that guy wants to do over the next couple months is rehab a dislocated toe that he suffered in the Pro Bowl games. He is furious. You know, and yes, he probably will be back in time for the Browns season. And so Browns fans don't have to get upset. I try to give you guys the player's perspective. That will drive him bananas. Like, that will really, really bother him that that's what happened and that he doesn't. Now he has to rehab for the next couple months. That would annoy me to no end. Tucks takes. After letting go of Kellen Moore, the Cowboys named Brian Schottenheimer as their new offensive coordinator. So a couple things important to note here, right? Number one is he's not calling the plays. Mike McCarthy's calling the plays as far as we know. I mean, the, the initial report when Kellen Moore was fired was that Mike McCarthy will be calling the plays. Then Jerry Jones confirmed Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. So all this really means is that Schottenheimer will help with the game planning and the designing, but ultimately it will be McCarthy who calls the plays, which is the most important part of it. And I'm, I'm a Schottenheimer fan. I think I told you guys, you know, his dad changed my life. He was the quarterback coach my rookie year when his dad was the head coach for the Washington um, R-words at the time. And um, love that guy. Love both of them. Very, very thankful for them. And I actually think he's done a better job as a coordinator than he's gotten credit for over the years. Tucks takes. More coaching staff news out of the NFC East. This time, big news with Philadelphia, who agreed to a contract extension with offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland. So I normally don't mention, like, position coach hires or contracts, but I am fascinated to think about how much money Jeff Stoutland got. Hopefully a lot, because he deserves a lot, because he is the best in the business at what he does. He's done a phenomenal job with that line, and I always say that coaching staffs, that's where owners can separate themselves. That's where they can pay up a little bit more to make sure they're getting the best of the best. Speaking of the best of the best, Peloton instructors have so many different backgrounds. I've been telling you guys about Peloton pretty much since January 1st. Huge, huge fan of all the on-demand classes that are available. You combine all the different classes you can take plus all the different music they have. I I like working out to 80s. I don't know why. I like working out to 80s music, pumps me up. Or sometimes I'll do, like, classic rock. You don't have to be, like, some crazy athlete to get started on Peloton. My wife is just getting back into her workout routine, and she loves the Peloton. Now, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they're hardcore. They love their Peloton as well. Here's what you need to know. You can try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Tuck Stakes. The Broncos finally gave Ijero Ivero permission to interview elsewhere, and he decided to go with Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers. I thought that was interesting, Jack. I really did. He seemed like he had a bunch of options, including staying with Denver, but I think he realized, you know, you can only kind of go downhill from there in Denver, and he's not really Sean Payton's guy. He'd kind of be getting forced upon Sean Payton. So I liked the fact that Evero went somewhere else, and that speaks well, by the way, to Frank Reich from a sales perspective that he was able to get Evero, who I believe had other options like Minnesota, to come to Carolina. Shout-outs, by the way, Jack. How about Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeSchedule.com, MyFrontPageStory.com. So fired up for the guests that we will have for you guys over the next couple days. Brett Coleman was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. We will also have the College Draft Podcast today. Even Money tomorrow, Fantasy Feast on Wednesday. We're hitting them all. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.